Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Brenham, Texas. My name is Joel Knox, and I'm the senior pastor here. If you haven't already, you can check out our media archive on our website, vineyardbrenham.org, or go to our Facebook page at Vineyard Brenham for more media or information about our church. We're so glad you joined us, and here's this week's message. From my back pocket to the front, I saw Randy Whitmore do that a couple of, well, it's been, a, it feels like a couple of weeks ago, but it's, it's been a little while, and uh, so I had to find it. Well, how's everybody doing this morning? It's so good to be back. So glad you're here. Well, I guess just about everybody's familiar with that commercial, right? Have anybody never seen that commercial about chilies? I think we're all pretty well exposed to modern media. So um, does that make anybody hungry? Kind of? Kind of? Want some baby back ribs or a hamburger or something? Well, Chili's is just one of thousands of franchises that advertise and they use their commercials. They craft them in such a way that make you crave what they have to offer. So much so that you're willing to spend your money for it. I mean, that's true, right? Well, this philosophy in advertising that, may, that makes you feel like you can't live without something. And I think you all know where I'm going with this. You feel like that you must have it. You've got to go spend your money to get it. This philosophy was actually adopted by a, a man by the name of Edward Bernays. He's known as the father of, of, of public what public relations? Sorry, I, I wanted to call it advertising because it, it's it's actually what he began was modern advertising, and he used the tactics that make up propaganda, but he just rebranded the word. So instead of saying that it's propaganda, that it's it's advertising, it's public. Relation. And so, if you've ever wondered why is it about a commercial that makes you want to go spend your money, it kind of makes sense now, doesn't it? Anyway, well, I'm continuing our series of practicing spiritual formation. And so far, we've looked at meditation and prayer. Now, before we get started, I'd like to find out, you know, because the whole idea for this series is that we're practicing, right? We're, We're practicing spiritual formation. Did anyone practice meditation? I know a couple of weeks ago we were doing those nightly videos, talking about the different kinds of meditation. Did anybody practice? How was that? 
Quiet? Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. Oh, no. For, for the recording, maybe. Well, um, did anyone practice with prayer? Now, I know last week we, we, we were streaming the, the Oasis Church's service, and, and the things that, that Randy talked about, they weren't necessarily the, the stuff from, from uh, Foster's book, but it, it very much is about intimacy. When we, when we pray, when we spend time with, with God, it, it's, we're not talking about just reading off a list of our needs, but it's interactive. You know, we, we speak to the Lord and then He speaks to us. It's this interaction that goes on. Did anybody have a chance to practice? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. Well, the Apostle Paul told the Christians who were living in Rome, so here's what I want you to do. This is in Romans chapter 12. And I've read this often. I love this, this translation. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. And don't become so well-adjusted in your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best in you, or the best out of you, and develops well-formed maturity in you. This is kind of where I got the idea for, for practicing spiritual formation. God working in us to make us like Him. And I, I love the way that it says it, making our everyday, ordinary life an offering to God. One scholar refers to that as the theology of the ordinary. And it's with that idea in mind that I want to take a look at the next practice, which is fasting. It's such a fun topic to talk about, right? Has anybody ever tried to fast? How did it go? Not so good. How, how, how did it go? Not so good. Didn't last very long. Well, can, can I just say fasting is hard. It's very hard, especially in a culture that has commercials like Chili's, Baby Back Ribs. I mean, you hear the song, if you ever decide that you want to fast and you're watching TV and that commercial comes on, it's, it's crash and burn time. It's 
hard physically, but it's even harder mentally. Because when, you're, when you tell yourself that you, you really can't have food, that's when you want it the most. Craziest thing happened. You know, I, I've, I, I started the new job three weeks ago, starting week four tomorrow. Well, I, I've, Danelle and I started intermittent fasting, and I'll, I'll talk about that in just a, just a minute. But we've, we've been doing this, and we've, we've got the app on our phones. We don't have our schedule quite synced yet, so sometimes I'm eating whenever she's supposed to be fasting, and sometimes she's eating when I'm supposed to be fasting. So we're going to try to work that out in the next couple of weeks. But we, we've been doing this for health reasons. It's, it's not so much you know, the, the spiritual aspect of fasting. But I, I've, I've been trying to, to work in the spiritual aspect. You know, like when I have a long run, that, I, that that's a, a time that I used to pray. Well, new on the job, and we go out to one of the sites, and, and this lady is eating a bag of, of Cheetos, the, the, the spicy Cheetos, not the ones you like, but the ones that, that you know, they're spicy, and, and they have the, the jalapeno flavor to them. They're, they're, they're really good. And so came in. I've been cruising all day, you know, not, not having any issues. And, and, I, and I just met this lady. And, and so she's eating out of the bag, and, and she just turns it right in front of me. You want some? Nice wafting smell of, of that, 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 that jalapeno cheesy goodness. No, thank you. But it got in my head. And I, I've, I, I actually have not stopped thinking about those spicy Cheetos. And it's been over a week now. But that's the kind of thing that happens whenever we decide, okay, I'm, I'm going to try this and see how it works. Now, what is fasting exactly? Basic definition, and this is just something off the internet, but it, it says it's abstaining from food and drink for spiritual pur- purposes. Now, for those of us who have been in the church or who have, have been around church for most of our lives, you might understand or maybe you've been told that that you can fast for specific reasons. Like you're praying and you're asking God for an answer, a specific answer about something. And so you fast. I'm going to fast until I get the answer, good or bad. And some people have used fasting in, in, in ways to, to overcome habits. You know, like... Someone trying to to overcome smoking, implementing fasting. That wasn't directed to you, Brian. Sorry. I I I, I didn't even. Sorry. It just it, it did. Well, I was thinking about my dad. My my dad back whenever he whenever he decided to quit smoking, he he fasted. Oh, he's playing. It was a barrel. I knew it was bigger than homing It's a song to be bigger than ribs. Chili's is back. He'll be back. He'll be back. Yeah. All right. Touche, my friend. 
the primary means for fasting, the reason for fasting, is to draw close to God. That it allows more time to draw close to God. And we've also discovered that there are physical benefits to fasting. That was one of the things that whenever we, Danelle and I decided that we wanted to do the intermittent fasting, we saw the, the results with it. And, and we, we've talked to different ones. It's like, hey, I think this might be something we could do. And I've found that I'm not as hungry, you know, because I, I'm, I'm actually allowing my stomach to shrink a little bit. And, and that's, that makes it where when I, when I look at something I normally would eat, like, yeah, I, I don't know if I can eat the whole thing. And that, that, that's kind of cool. But spiritual fasting is different from dieting. And even from, from something that maybe you've, you remember these from the 70s and 80s, hunger strikes. In the case of dieting, it's usually done for physical purposes. You know, you, you, maybe you need to, need to fast and, and, and get your blood sugar down. Or maybe you fast from, from a particular food. Whatever, whatever that might be, you're doing it for physical reasons. And you might experience the physical benefits from doing that. And then in the case of a hunger strike... There, there's there's a, a, a motive behind it, that they're trying to draw attention, in, like in the 70s, like if there was a, a, a peace thing, that someone was trying to draw attention to that, that they would, they would start fasting. And the idea was that, you know, they are, they're, they're putting their life on the line, essentially, in order to try to manipulate someone to do what they want them to do. You know, it, it, and, and the idea is, the, the idea behind it is for power. Well, Jesus talked about fasting, and, and the first thing that he said about fasting had to do with the motive, the motivation behind it. And he was speaking on the Sermon on the, on the Mount, when it, and, and this is what he had to say about fasting. When you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that this is the only reward they will ever get. When you fast, comb your hair, wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except the Father, who knows what you do in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. And this is, it kind of goes along with this idea of the theology of the ordinary. As you're going about your daily activities, the things that you normally do, that if you decide to fast, you can go ahead and do those things normally. Now you, you might want to take it easy, like if there's you know, other physical activities that might be strenuous because you might, might find yourself feeling a little weak. But that's usually in the case of an extended kind of fast. Anyway, I want you to see, though, the contrast in what Jesus is talking about. 
when he talks about the hypocrites, and this was, this was addressed to the, the, the religious leaders of his day, that they were seeking men's approval, that they, would, they were seeking the admiration of, of the people that, that they thought looked up to them, you know? Well, he's so spiritual because he's, he's fasting. And look at him, it's, it's, it's so hard. And Jesus is saying, God sees what you do. He, he knows what you're doing. And so if, if you just go about your business, God will see what, what you're doing whenever you fast. And biblical fasting focuses on connection with God. I mean, that's the whole purpose, is that we want to draw near to God and, and use the time that we're fasting to draw close to Him. Now in the Bible, there are basically three kinds of fast. The first one, and we see this in, in the Gospels, where Jesus, after He was baptized, the Gospel of Mark says that Jesus was driven by the Spirit, driven into the, to the desert, into the wilderness, where he fasted for 40 days. I don't know if you've ever done an extended fast, but 40 days is a long time. And when you think about it, he was in the desert. I'm not sure what, what water, what, what kind of liquids were available to him, but Scripture says that he didn't eat for those 40 days. He didn't say that he didn't drink. So, so anyway, that's, that's one type of fast. And then there is a, a partial fast. And we see this in, in the life of Daniel. Daniel was living in Babylon. And the king was serving his, his servants, his, his household, foods that Daniel really didn't want to eat. He felt like they would defile him. So that makes us think that it might be, they might not have been kosher in terms of the Jewish tradition. And so Daniel came up with his own type of meal regimen, if you remember. And actually God blessed him in, in following this regimen where he looked better than the other servants who, were, who ate the king's food. And out of that, we, we've developed something that we know, you might have heard this, this term, the Daniel fast, which is usually grains and, and nuts and fruit, as opposed to eating meat and, and other staples that we normally eat in, in our regular mealtimes. And then the third type of fast is what's known as an absolute fast. In the case of Moses... And in the case of Elijah, and then they're actually, I mean, they have to be supernatural. Moses and Elijah, for 40 days, did without food and water. Now, I think we all know that doctors have said that you, you can live without food for a long period of time. But you can only go without water three to five days max. And at the end of five days, you're in some pretty bad shape. So however these guys were able to, 
to fast like that. It, they had to be sustained by God in order to do it. But there were also other absolute fasts that, that were recorded in Scripture. You might remember the story of, of Esther. Her uncle Mordecai finds out about this, this, this scheme to eradicate the Jews. And so he goes to Esther and says, you need to go to the king. Because this is going to happen and, and if, if you don't do something about it, if you don't use your status as the queen, then, then we're all going to get killed and you'll be exposed and then it, it's going to be awful. So let's fast and we will pray that God will give us success when we go before the king. And of course, that story she ends up going to the king. The king gives her what she wants, and then, then that, that, that whole scheme is, is overturned, and the Jewish people are saved. And in the New Testament, whenever the Apostle Paul, if you remember, he was on, his, on the road to Damascus, and he, was, he, he met the risen Christ, and he fell off his horse, and when he got up, he couldn't see. He was blind. And he was instructed to go to Ananias and have Ananias pray for him to restore his sight. So for three days, Paul didn't drink, he didn't eat anything, and he, he went in repentance before Ananias. Ananias prayed for him, he was healed, he restored his sight, and then he began to follow after the Lord, after Jesus, as a Christian. Now, there are other kinds of fasts, and these have, have kind of come, come about in our, our modern society. We can fast from media. We can fast from electronics. We can fast from TV. Any number of things that we decide that we want to take some time away from, that could be considered a fast. But in the case of biblical fasting, whether this is this is with food or with, with things. Biblical fasting is often a private matter between God and an, another person. But it can also be a corporate activity to promote spiritual unity. Like in the case of, in, in, in the Old Testament, whenever they observed the Day of Atonement, it was a requirement. Everyone was to fast and, and to pray for the forgiveness of their sins whenever the, the sacrifice was offered in the temple. And then they've also, there, there's cases where there were national crises and people were called to fast. And they were also called to corporate repentance. And the fasting showed their sincerity in terms of, of turning back to the Lord. Fasting from food is particularly significant because when, we, when we're dealing with food, this is something that we need to survive. I mean, we can live without television. We can live without our cell phone. We can live without these other things, but we need food to survive. And so when we start dealing with something that we need, we start dealing with our appetite. 
We start dealing with the core of who we are because we, we have this appetite in us. I mean, we can't tell ourselves that we want to be hungry. That is, that is something that is innate to who we are. And so we know that, that whenever you know, your stomach starts rumbling, oh, I, I'm hungry. It's, it's time to eat. And fasting allows us to bring those appetites under the submission to the Lord. And I'll get to that in just a second. So, just to poll everybody, what do you think is the purpose for fasting? Why was this something that, that was somehow implemented in, in spiritual practices? To do without, to do more of the Lord. To draw closer to God. That, that's, that's pretty well on target. The primary, and I've got a couple of things. The primary, to, to draw us close in a focused time with God. A more focused We'd, we'd, we're trying to hone our focus so that we're, we're, we're drawing close to God and in, in specifically in this particular time, in this particular way. But there's a second purpose, and, and, and this, is, this is what I've found really interesting over the last few months. According to Richard Foster, the author of The Celebration of Discipline, the book, and this is kind of what this is based off of. That's him right there. And you might recognize the other two faces around the guy. And we didn't really plan for the, the clothes. I, I, I didn't realize this, but we all wore black that night. But anyway, th this is Richard Foster. And what he says is, more than any other discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. Now, how does that work? You might, might want to know how that, how that works. Take something away from a person and see how they act. Has anybody ever gotten hangry before? Does that happen pretty regularly? You, know, you might have seen the Snickers commercial. You know, you turn into somebody else whenever you get hungry. <laughs> have you ever gone out to eat fun time with friends and you had this wonderful spread and at the end of the night getting ready to go to bed and, and you say to yourself I can't believe I ate the whole thing you ever done that ever ate too much Every year at Thanksgiving. Well, actually, there was a there was a, an Alka Seltzer commercial. I'm, I'm kind of on the thing of commercials right now, but it, but do you remember that the guy he he sits up in bed and he's like, oh, I can't believe I ate the whole thing, and it's an advertisement for Alka Seltzer. Or how about this? What do you do when you forget your phone? How do you act? 
Dave's back here like, eh, big deal. The rest of us, we start digging around. We start trying to retrace our steps. You know, what if we, we forgot it? What if, what if we, it, it came into harm's way? You know, I, I've, my, my, my son-in-law a few years ago, somehow or other, he, he put his phone, I think it was on the car, and, and somehow it, it slipped, and then he ended up running over it. It wasn't where he expected it to be, and then when he found it, it was, it was busted. But the way that we, that we act about our phones, I, I think that's pretty indicative that, that, you know, that's something pretty important to us. Or how about this? Do you panic whenever you know that you won't have internet access? I freak out. I'm just here to tell you. I, I freak out when I, when I know that I won't have internet access. I have to plan to make sure that I don't need to be in contact with anything. And I purposely plan vacations without internet access. Yes, my wife does that. <laughs> or how about television? How, how if, if you know that you're not going to have access to TV... And say that you're watching a, a particular show in the next episode, you're waiting for that. How do you act whenever you know you can't get to it? <laughs> DVR. <laughs> well, if you've ever wondered, when, when you, if, you've, if you've ever come across someone who is, is an addict, I think it was one of the fascinating, most fascinating things I met someone who was, was actually addicted to um, methamphetamines. And they, they were very OCD about, about things, about, you know, and then and as, as they, while they were under the control of the dose, they were a little bit, they're kind of lucid, sometimes, you know, a little, uh, still OCD on things. But as that wore off, they became really erratic. They became, you know, really nervous because, you know, the, the, the drug was losing its, its effect on them. And they, they were beginning to get compulsive about the fact that they needed more. Addiction is what happens when a person's appetites get out of control. And when you think about that, any time that, that we become addicted to something, any time that we get to the point where, where we feel like we can't live without it, we're straying into addiction. But here's the thing. When we focus on fasting, our focus isn't on our willpower, our ability to say no. It's not based on whether or not I can position myself so that I, I won't get tempted. Because the truth is, you will be tempted. Fasting allows us to submit our appetites to God and to put things in their proper order with God first. And so when we fast, when we, when we find ourselves in the place where we, we start craving the thing that we've decided that I'm going to distance myself from, we can draw on the strength that comes from God 
and ask for His help to get on through. You might remember, and I mentioned it already, whenever Jesus went out into the desert. The Bible says that Satan came to Jesus. He had already fasted for 40 days. And Satan came to Jesus whenever he was hungry. And he told Jesus, well, you're hungry? Why don't you make these stones turn into bread? Satisfy your hunger. How did Jesus respond? You remember? People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Fasting puts us in the place of dependence on God. So, we're talking about practicing spiritual formation. So, how should we go about fasting? I just want to give you a few tips from the book, Celebration of Discipline. This is kind of the guide for, for this series. First of all, fasting, is, fasting from food is very powerful in its effect on all of our physical appetites. Now, if you have physical ailments, consult with a doctor before you decide that you want to get into some kind of fasting regimen, okay? So just want to kind of add that disclaimer right up at the front. So, so if you decide that you want to fast, first of all, start small. If you're fasting from food, try fasting at least one meal that day. Now, if you already skip a meal, like, you know, I know folks that, that don't eat breakfast. Well, you can go in and count that fasting if you'd like, but it's probably not going to have the, the kind of effect that you want. So instead of fasting breakfast, you might fast lunch or dinner. Just one meal. With the idea being that this is, this is a time that I would normally be eating, okay? And then in terms of fasting, if you, if you decide that you want to you branch out a little bit, there's, there's creative ways to do this. The Jesuits, they practice different kinds of fasting, and they, they practice sundown to sunup. Well, the cool thing about that is that half the time you're going to be asleep. So you just go to bed hungry and you get up in the morning and you eat breakfast and you're, you broke your fast. And, you know, yay, that's successful. But there's also the sun up to sundown. A little bit harder. So you, when you get up in the morning, you know that until sundown that, that you're going to be fasting. But there are ways that you can do this just to practice. Because the idea is, is to try it and see, see what, what works. Now, if you're fasting from media or electronics, set a particular time not to use, to use it, not, to, not to, to play the game or, or use that device. And one, one thing that will help you do that is setting timers 
on social media. How many of you do that? Do you do that already? I found that, I, I, and I set my, my timer really low, but I found that whenever I, I didn't have the timer on there, I stayed on social media a lot longer than I do now. So there's, there's something that's built in the Facebook. I think it's built into the web page, actually, but I know it's built into the app that it'll remind you. If you say 25 minutes, at the end of 25 minutes, guess what? You've been on 25 minutes. Now you can dismiss that. Instagram's also the same way and probably every other social media platform. But the idea is when you set a reminder to yourself, stick to it. You might want to, if, if you're a video gamer or if you, if you watch TV, you might set for yourself just a, a, a timer or, or something to remind you, okay, you said that you only wanted to watch maybe an hour or just watch this particular show, and then when you get off, you know, you normally just thumb through the channels or whatever. To, to set a reminder for yourself so that the, you're reminded, okay, yeah, this is, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to stop so I can, I can do the fast thing. But here's the key. This is number two. Spend the time that you would normally be eating playing games, using electronics, watching TV, spend that time in prayer or in Bible study. This is, this is the key that makes it work. It's not just about going without, but it's actually about spending time with God. One of the things that Foster says is fasting is actually feasting on the Lord. And so you find in this 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 focused time with God that you're you're spending time with Him and you're you're interacting with Him probably more than you would in 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 any in, in, uh, normal day. The third thing I just suggest: try it more than once. You know, a lot of folks are like, "Well, fasting's just not my thing." Well, it's not really anybody's thing because it it, it it's it's that hard. But try it, and, and, and you might find that, that, there, that something comes from it that, that you, like, this was a good experience. It was hard, but it was good. That's what I've been finding is that, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly not easy, but I, I, I feel like the, the time that I spend in it, it, it benefits me. And look, another thing is just give yourself grace. You know, if, if you decide, I, I, I want to fast, and it, you're going through the day, and then it, it just feels like it's too much, it's okay. If you, if you, just, if you need to eat something, you, you know, if your stomach gets upset, if, if whatever it is, just, it, it's okay. It, it's, it's not the end of the world. God, God sees our heart, and that's what Jesus said our, in, on the Sermon on the Mount. He sees our heart. He knows our, our motivation. And, and, he, and he's still pleased. And the fifth thing, if you decide that you really want to, want to make an effort and do this, this frequently, you might want to get a buddy. You know, have somebody that you can, you can talk to who will encourage you and, and might even fast with you, like in the case of me and Danelle. You know, we're, we're kind of accountability partners. And, uh, 
it, it, it really does make a difference to, to have someone who's in it with you to, to, to kind of push you along. So, but again, I want to make sure we understand that this is about practice. And that's why I wanted to talk about it this morning. All right? Well, I, I want to, before we close, I, I want to just, just take some time. You know, we're, we're talking about spiritual formation. And I just want to just give us a chance to get quiet. Now, it, I don't know what was going on in your life before you decided to come to church this morning. And for those of you that are at home, I feel like a TV preacher when I do that. You know, for those of you who are watching it at home, uh, it's, it's weird. Not comfortable with that yet. Um, but you may have things that are going on in your life that, that you just feel just tossed and turned. Just feel uneasy. And God wants to meet us. And whenever we come together like this, I, I think the Lord wants to, to meet with us and, and, and just give us His presence. Even if it's just for a few minutes. Just so that we know that that he's with us. So I just want to quiet ourselves just for just for a couple of minutes. Let's invite the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we give you our concerns. We give you our worries. Father, we know that you love us. But I ask you to come and let us experience your love this morning. Let us experience your acceptance. We don't have to look a certain way. We don't have to act a certain way. You love us. And you've given yourself for us that we might be your children. Father, draw near to us today. For the person who feels they are trapped. That there's no hope. 
Show them, Lord, that their hope can be found in you. For the person who's discouraged, let them find encouragement in you. And Lord, I, I, I pray against depression. Father, break it off. Break it off at the very root and set us free from depression. For those who might be experiencing grief, sorrow, or loss, come and be their comfort. Come and be our comfort today. Come, Holy Spirit. anyone that is in need of physical healing Holy Spirit I ask you to come and heal in the name of Jesus if if you're hurting if there's there's a place that hurts this morning Touch that place if you can reach it. Or extend your hand in that that area. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the healing that is provided by your kingdom breaking in. Your kingdom breaking in. with the healing from the future. Lord, give us a taste of what what awaits us in the kingdom to come. Healing and restoration, renewal. Let your kingdom come in our midst today. God, in Jesus' name. And Lord, we give you thanks. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your desire to draw us closer to yourself. And I pray, God, as we, as we continue on in, in, in our practices, God, that you would meet us at each step that you'd draw us close and that we'd experience 
that relationship that you desire with us, that closeness of father and son, of father and daughter. Lord, we thank you that we're not slaves, but we're children. Children of the King. And Lord, I ask your blessing on us as we go today. Lord, let your your hand be on us. Let your spirit be within us. And let us experience your presence. From this day forward, God, in a completely fresh and new way. We thank you, Lord, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for being here today. And if you, if you decide that you want to fast, you might want to keep a journal and just see what the Lord says, what, what the Lord does in, in your time with Him. All right? Bless you all. Have a great day.